0: Jaya Gopijana Vallabha Girivardhari Jaya Gopijana Vallabha Girivardhari Jaya, Gopi Jashodana brajajanaranjana Braja janera janana chari jamuna tiravan chari madhava Kunjabihari. gopi janavala baba giribardhari jaya gopi janavala baba giribardhari Jashodana dana Braja jana ranjana Jashodana Braja jana ranjana Braja jana yashadanandana Ndana Brajajana Ranjana Ya Munatira Vanna Chari Ya <imrias> <imitates> Munatira <ravanna chari> Jai Radha Madhava Kunjabihari Jai Radha Madhava Kunjabihari Jaya Radha, Madhava, Kunja Bihari. Jai Jai Om Vishnu Hari. Pramhan Chajya Chajestu Tershteshi His divine grace, Srila Bhaya Charanar Vindam Bhakti Vedanta Swami Maharaj. Srila Prabhupada ki jai. Iskan founder of charge BBT founder of charge. Srila Prabhupada ki jai. Iskan guru brindaki jai. Srimad ki jai. Srimad bhagavat gita, Shri gita Shri ki jai. Srimad bhagavat gita epharupa ki jai. Srimad bhagavat gita epharupa ki jai. Srimad bhagavat Radhā epharupa ki jai. Srimad bhagavat ki jai. Srimad bhagavat Nitai hari hari bo. All glories to the assembled devotees, Hare Krishna. All glories to the assembled devotees, Hare Krishna. All glories to the assembled devotees, Hare Krishna. All glories, all glories, Shri Shri Guru and Gauranga. All glories to you, Shri Prabhupada. So thank you everybody for attending. vasudevaya om namo bhagavate vasudevaya om namo bhagavate vasudevaya om namo bhagavate vasudevaya om agyana timirandhasya jnananjana Jakshuran militam yena tasme shri gurave nama shri chaitanya manobhishtam stapitam jena bhutale svayam rupaha kadamahyam dadati sva padantikam vancha kalpa turubhischa evacha patitanam pavanebhya veshnavebhya nama 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 om vishnupadaya krishna pishthaya bhutale Shri Mate Bhakti Vedanta Swami Tinamine Namaste Saraswati Deve Gauravani Pracharine Nirvi Shesha Paschata Deshutarine, Deshatarine Jayasri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhara Shivasa Adi Bhakta Brinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama Rama, Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, 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 Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama Rama. Rama, 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 Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, 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 Hare Hare. Jai Ghandra, Jishwamad mahapuran ki Jai. Shaila ki Jai. So today I thought I'll speak uh, from the Bhagavad Srimad Bhagatam which is described by Srila Sanatan Goswami as being Krishna himself. So hearing directly from Krishna about Krishna is the most authentic source of the information, right? Who knows Krishna better than himself? So, uh, and then Chapter 2 of the first canto, the first canto is, uh, I mean, chapter 2 of the second canto, the second canto is described as the cosmic manifestation, so the whole world, it's the whole creation. And then, and then uh, chapter 2 describes the Lord in the heart, because the heart is the most powerful of everything. The spiritual heart is the most powerful. It's what continues. We will p- pass away in the sense we'll lose our body, but the heart continues, the heart never goes away. The heart includes the soul and the super soul like that. And they continue for all time. They've lived in the past, they're living now, and they'll always live in the future. So we can talk about information that is always going to be true at all times, for all people, under all circumstances, in all places, rather than talk about things that are temporary, right? Because what's temporary is going to come and go. What's the value of that? But what's going to stay is more important, right? Just like in our relationships, some people come and go in our relationships, right? But those who stay in the relationship, they're the ones that we love the most because they stay with us all the time. So the Lord stays with us in the heart all the time. So this chapter 2 is about Him. And then I'm going to read from text number 2 because text number 2 is the first text as Sugadev Goswami is speaking. He is the person who has realized the Srimad Bhagavatam and wants, us, wants to give us that information. And this information is so powerful, it's very relevant to today when we're suffering from COVID-19, like the pandemic. And so many people are suffering from depression. So the other day, one of the news channels asked me if I'd speak about depression. And so uh, uh, I'll be speaking on Tuesday about that. But, you know, I wanted to speak from the point of view of Krishna, What does depression mean from Krishna's point of view? Because then we really understand what depression is and then we we can understand whether it is good for us, bad for us, how should we deal with it, how should we not deal with it. We can understand everything about it properly like that. So this text is a very good text that actually gives us some information in that regard. Why do we from time to time become depressed? Why do we feel like Man, there's something wrong with my life. Things are not going as well as I want it to go. Why does this happen? Why do? Why is there injustice in this world? Why do everybody have to suffer from disease like this? How is it fair that some people are able to perpetrate so much nonsense and crime over others? Why do not people not complain about it? You know, why do we have to suffer? So many questions are there like that, right? So this text actually gives a very nice answer, text number two. So text number two reads, Shabdasya hi brahmana esyapanta Yan nama bheer dhīr dheer Pari brahmaṅsa tatrana vindatirtham Māyamaye vaśanaya shayāna Shabdasya hi brahmana esyapanta Yan Namabhir bhīr dhyāyati dhīr apārathēhi Parībhamam stathrana vindhate arthān Māyamaya vāsunaya shayāna Shabdhasyahi brahmana eshapantā Yan nāma bhīr dhyāyati dhīr upāthēhi Parībhamam stathrana vindhate Mayame vasane, 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 Vasanaya shayanaha. So let's read the synonyms together. Shabdasya, of the Vedic sound. He, certainly. Brahmanaha, of the Vedas. Eshaha, these. Pantaha, the way. What is? What is. Namabihi. Namabihi by different names. Dhyati ponders. Dihi intelligence. intelligence. Aparthehi. Aparthehi. by meaningless ideas. Aparthe. Paribhamam Aparthe. Wondering. wondering. Tatra, Tatra. there. Yeah. Na. Na never. Yeah. Vindate Enjoys Arthan realities Maya Maya in illusory things. Vasanaya by different desires. Shayanaha. As if dreaming in sleep. Translation, please repeat after me. The way of presentation of the Vedic sounds is so bewildering that it directs the intelligence of the people to meaningless things like the heavenly kingdoms. The conditioned souls hover in dreams of such heavenly illusory pleasures. But actually, they do not relish any tangible happiness in such places. So again, the way of presentation of Vedic sounds is so bewildering that it directs the intelligence of people to meaningless things like the heavenly kingdoms. The conditioned souls hover in dreams of such heavenly illusory pleasures, but actually they do not relish any tangible happiness in such places. Purport by His Divine Grace Śrīla Prabhupāda Kī The conditioned soul is always engaged in laying out plans for happiness within the material world, even up to the end of the universal limit. He is not even satisfied with available amenities on planet Earth where he has exploited the resources of nature to the best of his ability. He wants to go to the moon or the planet Venus to exploit resources there. But the Lord has warned us in the Bhagavad Gita chapter 8, text 16 about the worthlessness of all the innumerable planets of this universe as well as those planets within other systems. There are innumerable universes and also innumerable planets in each of them, but none of them is immune to the chief miseries of material existence, namely the pangs of birth, the pangs of death, the pangs of old age and the pangs of disease. The Lord says that even the topmost planet known as the Brahmaloka or Satyaloka and what to speak of other planets like the heavenly planets is not a happy land for residential purposes due to the presence of material pangs as above mentioned conditioned souls are strictly under the laws of fruitive activities and as such they sometimes go up to Brahmaloka and again come down to patala loka as if they were unintelligent children on a merry-go-round <laughs> the real happiness is in the kingdom of god where no one has to undergo the pangs of material existence therefore the Vedic ways of fruitive activities for the living entities are misleading. One thinks of a superior way of life in this country or that, or in this planet or another, but nowhere in the material world can he fulfill his real desire of life, namely eternal life, full intelligence and complete bliss. Indirectly, Srila Shukadeva Goswami affirms that Maharaj Parikshit in the last stage of life, should not desire to transfer himself to the so-called heavenly planets, but should prepare himself for going back home, back to Godhead. None of the material planets, nor the amenities available there for living, for living conditions is everlasting. Therefore, one must have a factual reluctance to enjoy such temporary happiness as they afford. The way of presentation of the Vedic sounds is so bewildering that it directs the intelligence of people to meaningless things like the heavenly kingdoms. The conditioned souls hover in dreams of such heavenly illusory pleasures. But actually, they do not relish any tangible happiness in such places. Shabdasya hi brahmana e shapanta yan namabhi dhyati dhi aparte hi paribrahman statrahna vindate arthan maya maye vasanaya ha. So uh, we may remember that earlier on. Um, Vyasadeva, who is himself, the incarnation of God. You can, you can actually say that he is God himself. Because Vyasadeva is the literary incarnation of God, but he is known as Lord Vyasadeva. So you ascribe the word Lord to someone who is like God, who is God. So he is an incarnation of God. And yet, he does something that makes him unsatisfied. He writes the whole Vedas. The Vedas is, uh, information about everything there is to know, past, present, and future. I mean, how powerful is that, right? <laughs> it's all knowledge that you can ever ask for. It's all there in the Vedas. And yet he feels unsatisfied. And so his spiritual master, who happens to be from his previous life, the son of a maid servant, a simple maid servant, a single mother, a single mom who had one child. And the single mom was looking after some bhakti vedantas, uh, some sadhus, who were resting for four months because the season was such. They would get together and they would talk about Srimad Bhagavatam and stories about Krishna, pastimes about Krishna, and in a sense, spiritually refuel themselves. So for the next eight months, they would travel everywhere and give this information for others' pleasure like that. So they were in one place, and this lady, who happened to be a simple, sim, a very simple maidservant, uh, her own son described her as unintelligent, not very smart. That's unintelligent, right? But actually, in some ways, she was the smartest because she was serving the best of all people and gaining the best of all benefits, right? Because ultimately, it's all about what did you get in the end? What was your benefit, right? So she was getting the best benefit. And more than that, her little son, who was a very simple boy, got the most benefit because he would eat the remnants uh, of these bhaktivedantas. And so in his next life, he became so powerful that he became the spiritual master of God. (laughs) Can you imagine that? I mean, people become spiritual masters, but do they really become spiritual masters of God? I mean, that's powerful, right? And then he even tells God the mistake that he's made. Now, in every scripture of this world, they will tell you God never makes a mistake. God can never make a mistake, you know? But God wants to show, it's not that he cannot, it is true that he cannot make mistakes, but it is also a fact that when you're in a certain atmosphere, you can do some things that may be considered to be mistaken. For example, writing everything there is to know about knowledge, why would it be a mistake? Why would that be a mistake? I mean, it's not humanely possible to think why that would be a mistake. It's knowledge, factual knowledge, by the way. He didn't write any uh, fake knowledge. He wrote real knowledge, past, present, and future, which is very difficult to do, right? It's hard to remember the past. More or less, people can't even make out what's happening now, <laughs> what to speak of, remembering what the past, what happened in the past, and what to speak of what's going to happen in the future. I mean, that's like out of the question, right? And he does that perfectly. It's called the Vedas. A Vedas are called Aparashya. Aparashya means written by a person who cannot make mistakes. Okay, it's written by a person who cannot make mistakes. It's all knowledge. So, how is it a mistake? Only the spiritual master can tell that. That's why the spiritual master is necessary. Because in our lives, sometimes we think like that too, right? I'm not doing anything wrong. Why do I need a spiritual master to tell me anything? This is why people don't want spiritual masters, because they feel, my spiritual master will correct me unnecessarily. I mean, I don't want to be unnecessarily corrected. I already know everything. If I don't know anything, I'll read up some book, right? I'll figure it out. Why do I need someone else to, like, lord it over me and tell me what to do, right? And here we can see, what was the mistake that he made? The mistake that he made was, in giving all of this information, it became confusing. And in that confusion, what did people pick up? They picked up meaningless things in life, like, let's go to the heavenly planets, because we can enjoy there. You know, it's about enjoyment. Let's have a good life, right? Life is about having fun. It's supposed to be a 24-7 party. Okay, so far the statement is correct. There's no mistake in those statements. But then how they're going about doing the partying is where the mistake is made. They think, okay, Planet Earth is not as good as Satyaloka. Let's go to Satyaloka, we can really enjoy ourselves there. But actually, Satyaloka is also a place of dukhale and asashvatam, a place of misery and temporariness. So in that sense, it's not the best place to go, right? Like that. So, uh, in this verse, uh, Goswami, who has realized the Bhagavatam, he has understood the Bhagavatam perfectly, and the Bhagavatam itself, is actually the conclusion of the Vedas, where one can understand what is the essence of the Vedas. What is it that Vyasadeva really wanted people to know when he wrote the Vedas? Okay, that's the essence. And that essence is contained in the Srimad right? So in the Srimad Bhagavatam, it is explained that the purpose of life is actually to live a complete life of knowledge and happiness. Because the soul is made of Three items, sat, chit, and ananda. Sat means that which is eternal. Chit means that which has knowledge which will actually give us bliss. Knowledge that will give us bliss is called chit. And ananda is the bliss of that knowledge. You see? And so the ultimate conclusion of life is that one should be blissful. Then how do we obtain this bliss is what the Srimad Bhagavatam is telling us. That the bliss is actually obtained by getting it from the heart of a person who has the bliss. Just like if I want to get some money, I get it from someone who has the money. If I go to someone who doesn't have the money, how can I get the money from that person? I mean, he might steal it from somebody and give it to me. It's not his money. Then I also got implicated in a crime because I used money that was stolen. So I become what they call accessory after the fact. In law, they call it accessory. So you have to go to jail too. The person who stole goes to jail. The person who got the money also goes to jail. I mean, How is that enjoyment? No one enjoys in jail. right? So, so the essence that is being taught here is that you will get your real pleasure from a person who has the pleasure. And who has the pleasure the most? Krishna himself. So it's described the Lord in the heart. Everyone has Krishna in their heart. Everyone, every living entity, Krishna says that. Mame jiva Loka, jiva. I mean, he says, "Sorry, sarvasi chaam riddhisan vishto." Sarvasi chaam riddhisan vishto means that I reside in all living entities' hearts. Krishna says that he is speaking in the Bhagavad Gita, right? So we have the person who has the most bliss sitting right now, heart, right? So if that is, since that is the situation, why don't we take advantage of that? That's the simple proposition that the Srimad Bhagavatam is making. You don't have to look for it outside from somebody else or something else. You will find it outside too, but you will find it outside from the person who gave it from the inside again anyway. You know, the spiritual master has love of Krishna because Krishna gave love of Krishna to that person through their spiritual master, right? Like that, that's why it's called discipline succession. So we are all getting the bliss from Krishna and the representative Krishna. And why Krishna wants the representative to be there is so that we're not sort of mentally making up something, you know? We're not figuring out, yeah, I got love of Krishna when you really never got the love of Krishna. You might have got the love of a dog and you didn't know that that wasn't Krishna. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? Love of God and love of dog is different, right? Love of dog is nice. But love of God is the best. And you want the best, right? Nobody wants to settle for less than the best. Now, if that dog has got the love of God in it, then that love is also the best. Because it's the same love. You get the idea? So, basically, when people are suffering from depression, what they're suffering from is not getting what they really need in their life. And what is it that people need in their lives? Well, it depends on what level of consciousness, we're at the earliest level. You need some food, some clothing, some shelter, right? Just to take care of your body. But then there's the mind. The mind doesn't need food, clothing, and shelter. Food, clothing, and shelter doesn't satisfy the mind. It satisfies the body. It doesn't satisfy the mind, right? Unless, of course, it tastes nice or something in the mind also. Sort of vicariously. But the mind wants something that is beyond uh, food and shelter. What does the mind want? The mind wants music and dance, See, the mind is the king of the senses. The king is not going to enjoy small things. The king wants something big. Right? That's why the person is a king or a queen. They're looking for big-time pleasure. Big-time pleasure comes from singing and dancing. That is why in the spiritual world, every word is a song and every step a dance. You see? I mean, yes, in spiritual world, they also feast. There's food there. But nobody really talks about clothing so much in the spiritual world you know i mean they have cloth they have first class clothing the best they have the best type of shelter but how many times you hear in the past times of krishna they talk about a house oh that person lived in a house the house had so many bedrooms in it and so many bathrooms in it and it had a living room nobody talks like that right nobody talks about that in the spiritual why because it's not a very important topic because the whole planet is the shelter. Right? As far as clothing is concerned, they don't wear the same clothing the second time. They're always wearing fresh clothing all the time. And they even change their clothing during the day so many times. You know? Every time you see Krishna, you see him in different clothing. He's always fresh. You see? In this world, we'd be lucky if we can just change our clothes every day. Because honestly, do we really change our clothes every day? Do we or do we not? What do you think the answer to that is? Not really, right? If you think about it, it's the same clothing. We just washed it and wore the same clothing again. Think about it. Is it a fresh set of clothes every day that we wear? Honestly not. You know what I'm saying? So really, if you think about it, we're not even making it to that level that they are, and yet they don't talk about clothing there. How many times do you read in, in, in Krishna's pastimes, Oh, Radharani wore this dress. She had this earring on. Once in a while, you'll read that. But most of the time, that's not what they talk about. What do they talk about most when you hear the pastimes of Radha and Krishna? Or anybody in the spiritual world? In vrindavan What is it that they talk about the most? What would you say? I mean, you've all heard stories. What do you hear really happening in the spiritual world? Relationships. Yeah, relationships, Right? Sorry, the activities. And are those activities of love, right? Okay, how the, how the coward boys had a great time with Krishna and they did this and they did that and it's like, exciting life, right? And they did things like, unusual things, like, you know, uh, sorry? Yeah, different leelas. Like playing frog. <laughs> like playing ball. And you think, what? Spiritual world, they play frog? They play ball? We don't play frog and ball in this world because it's not so interesting, right? Because some people do play ball. And some people make a lot of money playing ball, right? I mean, you ask the NFL players, they'll tell you, man, ball is everything in life. You know It's all about that little ball. You know what I mean? It's like millions of dollars a year, right? So it takes us lifetimes to earn that amount of money. They earn in one game or something like that, things like that. But the point is, in that playing ball, it's very different from here. In playing frog, it's very different from here. Why? Because who are you playing frog with? You're playing frog with God. I mean, God playing frog? It has to be something very different from how we play frog here, right? <laughs> it's really exciting, you know? And by the way, that's just the least of what they do. They do so many other things like you were describing, you know? There's so many loving relationships, and they do amazing things like uh they'll go on an airplane ride, Uh if you want to know Radharani's aeroplane, Radharani's aeroplane is described on the right wing is thirty two billion miles long. I mean, this plane has a wing on the right side that's thirty two billion miles, on the left side that's thirty two billion miles. Okay? The whole plane itself, okay, is trillions of miles big. Trillions of miles. I mean, can you understand what trillion miles means? It, it's the whole sky is not trillion miles, for us. You get the idea. If that plane turned up in the material world, you'd see nothing, but uh, you didn't even know what you're seeing. You will just see a small fraction of it, and you won't even know what you're seeing. Thing maybe it's the end of the world or something. Is the world coming to an end? What's happened? It's just what is this thing that we're seeing? That's how big her airplane is, and she goes on a ride with that with her friends. You know, And they go and visit in so many places in that plane. And they have a good time. You can see, the level of enjoyment is way beyond what's happening here. Right? That's what they talk about. So, the mind enjoys those types of things. And then the consciousness and the soul enjoy even higher things. Like the mind is into music and dance, we said. Right? Now, what is the soul into? Must be something more than dance and music. Since the mind was more than into... You know, uh, food, clothing and shelter, right? It got into music and dance. Soul must be higher than that, right? So what does the soul get into? The soul gets into pure love. This is what excites the soul. The soul is excited. That's why, that's why we can see even in this world, there is nothing more powerful than love. Any, not, not everything in the world can defeat true love, right? And true love can defeat anything and everything. That's the power of love. That's the soul. Becoming interested in that. Now, higher than the soul is uh, Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan, right? They're the origins of the soul. So we can say they are, in one way, they're bigger. They're not bigger because you're comparing apples to oranges. You know what I'm saying? That's not the same thing. Up to the soul, it's all me, right? It's all us. But after the soul, it's not us, it's God. But what do you think God is into? If the soul is into love, what is God into? Mm, Yeah, something more than that, though. Something that's more powerful than love. We said love is the most powerful, now I'm going to tell you something more powerful than love. It's happiness. God is into bliss. This guy is just about bliss. He doesn't even look at the person. Even a demon he will see, he'll give him bliss. How does he give him bliss? If he's too much out of control, he'll personally come and kill him, right? (laughs) And what will happen to the demon when he dies? Yeah? He becomes liberated. What does liberation mean? No more misery, right? Liberation means no more misery. Actually, now you're tending towards real happiness. Right? So you can see, Krishna is all good. He's described as all good. Meaning, that you can be the biggest rascal on the planet, but Krishna will do something good for you. Krishna will always do something good for you. Now, that something good might be a little tough love. It may feel like tough love, but actually at the end of tough love, the person feels good, right? They don't feel bad. If they feel bad after tough love, it's not tough love, by the way. That's like that's like abuse. That's what you call abuse, right? If I uh, give a hard time to my little son, imagine I have a little son, I give a hard time to him. If it ends up him becoming happier, that's called tough love. If it ends up becoming more miserable, that's abuse. That's the difference right? So really, if you think about it, depression is that, that each of these things that needs what it needs, like the body needs clothing, food, shelter, right? If it doesn't get it, what's the body going to do? It's going to depress. It's going to feel depressed. First it'll become depressed, then it'll die. It'll become depressed, then it'll get cancer. This is what cancer is, by the way, just so you know. Cancer is depression going to a higher stage, You know, it always starts with depression. Cancer never comes without depression. Depression comes, hits you first. It's so heavy that the cells in the body feel, we may as well die. There's no fun here. There's nothing. We're so miserable. Then the soul, one soul decides to die. It tells the other one next to it, this neighbor, you know, we should die. You know, this is really bad. Look what's happening. And they all talk to one another. And sooner or later, all these cells, one after the other, agree, yeah, we should die. And as the soul cells are coming into that situation, that's what cancer is. It spreads all over the body. That's all. That's purely what cancer is. Okay? Now, when it comes to the mind, why would the mind become depressed? There's no song and dance. That's why the mind becomes depressed. Mind never becomes depressed because there's no food. I want you to know that. It's the body that becomes depressed. The mind becomes depressed there's no singing and dancing going on. There's no song, there's no dance. That's why it says, when if someone sings and dances, they can come out of depression. Did you know that? It's the fastest way to treat somebody in depression. Teach them, even if they walk with a spring in their step, that's called a dance, right? They'll become, they come out of the depression. How amazing is that, right? Why? Because the mind is the king of the senses. So if the king is happy, the senses sooner or later are going to be happy, right? The king is happy, his subjects are going to be happy. See how amazing the Bhagavatam is, right? And then if the mind is not, but now the soul is depressed, what's the answer to the soul being depressed? Love of Krishna, right? It wants love. And it wants love of the best. It doesn't want just any type of boyfriend and girlfriend, you know? It wants the best boyfriend, and the best girlfriend. The soul mate. That's called the soul mate. You see what I'm saying? And the soul mate is who? Suridam Sarva Bhuta Krishna says, right? I am the soul mate of all persons, he says. You see what I'm saying? So it's looking for its soulmate. If it finds its soulmate, do you think it will be depressed? Do you think Prabhupada was depressed? Why? Because Prabhupada found the soulmate, right? He found Krishna. He was totally in love with Krishna. He was totally imbued with Krishna consciousness. Did we ever see Prabhupada feeling depressed? No. But how many times do we feel depressed? So we have to ask ourselves the question, I'm not connecting with Krishna. You see? What's the best way to connect with Krishna? Kirtan. Krishna says that. I am not where my, where the sadhus, I'm not in the heart of the sadhu, I'm not in Vekuntha. Vekuntha is, by the way, the spiritual world. He says, I'm not even in the spiritual world. But I am where my devotees come together and do kirtan. There, I am there. So kirtan is the best way. And what does kirtan really mean? Kirtan means to glorify Krishna. So if we go out and glorify Krishna in many different ways, right? Remember one thing. You are not alone. Did you know that? You are not alone. Who else is in your body? Yeah. But let's put him aside. Who else is in your body? That you can, on your level, that you can associate on your Krishna is a little high. But somebody on your level, in the body, who is in that body, apart from you? Did you know all the cells have their own soul? Did you know that? And how many cells are there in the body? So how many people do you have the association of? And if you all get together and do some kirtan, that's sankirtan. Did you know that? You all get together and decide to glorify Krishna, that's called a bhajananandi. You see what I'm saying? The bhajananandi feels, I already got all these cells in the body, these guys are dying every moment. They're leaving every moment. And there are new ones coming in every moment. So I should actually work with them and make sure they're fine. They're dying. Why don't they get to get Krishna and then they can go with Krishna, right? That's how Bhajananandi thinks. Kitananandi thinks, yeah, that's fine. But others are also having the same problem. So let me go and do it with them. So their cells can also go, right? Why well, only my cells. You get the idea? So this is the soul. But actually, this still does not satisfy Krishna. Did you know that? Because what did I say Krishna is into? He's into happiness. he wants to see everybody happy. so the only question Krishna has in his heart is, "Are you happy? Wow, come back to that equation now. Are you happy? What makes people happy in this world? What makes people happy in this world? That's not a very difficult question. My questions are never very hard. I'm a very simple minded person, you know I've so huh sorry. Yeah, giving, receiving love, eating a nice pizza, drinking beer. You might say there's so many things that give people happiness in this world, okay? All right, so the point is Krishna wants to see that we're happy and that we actually have a relationship with him. So he doesn't care what you're doing, even if you commit sinful things. The idea is connect with Krishna, you see? And then whatever you feel happy, just offer it to Krishna, Krishna says, I am the taste in liquor. Did you know that? So if you're enjoying the taste of the liquor and identifying it with Krishna, you're actually Krishna conscious. I mean, how powerful is that? You see what I'm saying? Now, we as devotees don't do that, right? We don't drink liquor. Because you know, we've been told by our acharyas, stay away from intoxicants. So we don't, but we do drink nice drinks, right? Like, what are some nice drinks that we drink? Water. Water is nice, right? A lot of people enjoy water. You know what I mean? If you're thirsty, you know, pomegranate juice may not cut it, right? But water will cut it. You'll feel the thirst. You're quenching your thirst, right? It's nice, clean water. You feel really good. But there are other things like orange juice, you know, pomegranate juice, this, that, and the other. So many different types of drinks, right? Teas, like we have so many different types of teas nowadays, you know, like chamomile and, you know, different types of teas, right? Okay, so we enjoy Drinks, we enjoy food, right? So many types of food we enjoy, right? We enjoy each other's company, we enjoy having darshan of the deities, we enjoy kirtan. I mean, there's no limit to the things that Hare Krishnas enjoy. I think the Hare Krishnas are the biggest enjoyers on the planet. Honestly speaking, I don't think we enjoy, nobody enjoys more than us. That's why we don't want to give up Krishna consciousness, we don't go back to material life. Why? We tasted that and we found that taste wasn't as great as this one is, right? This one's better. This is higher taste. All we need to do now is to be happy and say to Krishna, I love you. Thank you. That was nice pizza, Krishna. Thank you very much. I love you, man. Thank you for creating nice pizza for me to eat. Thank you for creating some nice water for me to drink. Thank you for creating so uh, Nico as a nice friend so I can have some nice friend with Nico. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. just have to say thank you to Krishna and be happy. Krishna will become happy. If Krishna becomes happy, what is the result? What's the result? You go back to Godhead. You get the biggest result of all. You get the biggest gift. Just like some people think, if you win the lottery, that's the greatest thing that can happen in my life. Man, if I just let win the lottery once, <laughs> that's it, man. I'll be the happiest person in creation. I'll have millions of dollars and I'll never have any problem. First thing, I'll fire my boss. I'll tell him, you're fired. You know, no more jobs, you know, no more working for anybody else. You know, this is how people think in this world, but the real biggest lottery is Krishna Himself, because He is the gold mine. So the simple answer to depression is since the happiness comes from the soul or the heart of another person, what we should do, if you don't want to be depressed, is to have good friends is to have people who really care about you, who really, really love you. You see? Because when you have that, and you're with them, you're not going to be depressed. Why? Because chances are, both of you are not going to be depressed at the same time. (laughs) Your best friend will also have depression, by the way. And you will have depression. But the good chance is, the two of you are not going to have the thing at the same time. And if one of you is not depressed, that one will pull the other one out of it. And say, "Why you? what are you thinking? What are you worrying about? Come on, let's go. Let's go and see a nice movie. Let's go and have some nice pizza. Let's go and have some nice kirtan. Whatever it is, right? Hopefully that movie is a nice movie. Not one of those horror movies. And, you know, kill somebody movies. But if you watch something bad, it comes into you. Why do you want to watch stupid things like that, right? See a nice movie that's uplifting. You know, that type of stuff. So the point is that now, and let's put it this way. What is the chance that three people will be depressed at the same time? Okay, two people can be depressed. That's like winning the lottery. <laughs> you know, the two people became depressed. At the same time is like the lottery. It doesn't happen often, but once in a million times it happens. But what is the chance that three people will be depressed at the same time? Not going to happen, right? Never going to happen. You see? And so, and chances are one of them is going to be enthusiastic for something and say, come on, let's go and do this and, you know, and, you know go and do it. So basically, in the Hare Krishna movement, how many friends do we have? How many people do you think in the Hare Krishna movement really, really, really love you? What's the answer to that question? Many people, right? Many people. Now, it is true, once in a while, somebody may be a little bad with us, nasty with us, but they're going through some difficulty, naturally, they're not in a good mood. When a person's not in a good mood, they're going to do something not so good to you, right? Right? But the fact is, when they are in a good mood, like, for example, doing a kirtan, right, we're all doing kirtan nice we're singing and dancing, everybody's running back and forth, nobody has any bad feelings towards another person at that time, right? Nobody's thinking, I rascal. Nobody's thinking like that. Everybody's thinking, man, we're having a good time, we'll all dance together, sing together, have some nice prasam together, chanting, feasting, dancing. Prabhupada said, that's Hare Krishna. Now, why are people not joining us? Because we're not doing that. We're getting complicated. Oh, I have to know the Bhagavad Gita. I have to know all the verses in the Bhagavad Gita. I want to quote the Bhagavad Gita to somebody and impress them. How many people do you think will become impressed when you quote the Bhagavad Gita? Try it out. Go and speak to a group of people. Say there's a protest going on, right? And there are 10,000 people. And they give you the mic. And they say, please speak. And you go, Sarva dharman Paristya Jaha, ekam sharanam how many people are going to be impressed with that? I mean, they may throw tomatoes at you, or some rotten eggs at you. That's what you might end up getting from them. Why? That is not what Krishna wants you to do at that time. That shloka is supposed to be chanted at a particular time. That's why it says in the Bhagavad Gita, one who uh, uh, spreads the glories of the Bhagavad Gita to by devotees, is most developed, not, it doesn't say to everybody, just to the devotees, you see? Certain things you do in uh, when you are intimate with someone, right, but when you meet someone for the first time, you have to say something to them that resonates with their heart, you see? And then they will love us. And then who won't you? And then at the end they find out that this movement is about chanting, feasting and dancing. I don't know anybody on the planet who will say, I don't think I like chanting, feasting, and dancing. I can't imagine who will. I think they'll all love it. If they think its purpose is only to chant, feast, and dance. Not, you have to become a Hare Krishna movement member, then you have to give some donations, then you have to listen to the temple president, then you have to do this, then you have to do that. Well, that's not what they came for. Sorry, they came for chanting, feasting, and dancing. Fact? It's a fact. Prabhupada did chanting, feasting, and dancing in the beginning. Nothing else. Think about it. He would stand underneath a tree, lone person, take the kartal and do kirtan. Take them to the pauri, feed them some nice prasadam. And these guys would be, if you see the first videos, it's really nice, you know. These videos have these guys lying down, eating prasadam. They're lying down like this and, you know, they're eating. And what are they eating prasadam from? They're eating prasadam from one bowl. They all Just one bowl there and they're all eating out the same bowl. And then after they finish, they leave the bowl there and they go home. And then, they and as you see them, as they're going out, they're striking a match and they're smoking as they're walking out. These were the first Hare Krishnas. Did Prabhupada stop them smoking? No. Did he tell them, please clean up after you finish eating? No. Did he tell them, sit and take prasadam? No. He just did chanting, feasting and dancing. And now we're sitting in a temple like this as a result. Beautiful temple like this. You see what I'm saying? This is the result of following the acharya's information correctly. And this is what our movement should be. If we run this movement like this, this movement will be very highly acceptable to everybody. Nobody will have a problem. Yeah, we have to do some organization just to make sure that nobody does any nonsense like you know abuse the children or the women or the, this, that no, we don't want that to happen okay but other than that, you know we're sure that they're going in the altar they know what they're doing. You know, you get trained up properly, this, that, and the But other than that, keep it simple. You know? Keep it nice and simple, and people will really love us, and nobody will have any depression on this planet. But right now, COVID-19 pandemic is causing so much problem. It's creating havoc in the lives of people. I'm hearing so many people calling and saying, please, can you help my daughter? She's become my, my wife, my husband, my this, my that. You know? I wouldn't be surprised if people tell me my dog is... Uh, you know, depressed, can you please help my dog <laughs> you know, get out of depression? <laughs> you know, I'm sure some of the dogs are becoming depressed too. Dogs and cats are becoming depressed. But you know, these are the things that are happening. So, this is really, uh, you know, the message of the Srimad Bhagavatam in very simple terms. This is the message of the Srimad Bhagavatam that we should be happy and we should share this happiness with others. Because that's what pleases God the most. Everything else will fall into place naturally. It'll naturally fall into place. Because all these other systems that we follow is for that ultimate purpose of Ananda. Somehow everybody should be happy. Hare Krishna. If any of you'd like to say something or ask any question. It's pretty good, right? You all accept what I said? Gospel truth. (laughs) You say that's good enough, right? (laughs) Yes, Prabhu. Oh, nice. Yeah, it does. It's actually true because every cell is alive, right? Every cell is alive. So if anything has life, it must have a soul in it. Like does a soul does a cell have birth? Yes, right? Cell gets born. Does a cell grow? Yes, cells do grow. Does a cell maintain itself? Yes it does. Does a cell multiply from one cell to two cells? Yes, it does, right? Scientifically, these are proven things. Does a cell dwindle, in the sense, become weaker? Yes. Does a cell die? Yes. Anything that goes through these six transformations, you should know, has a soul in it and a super soul. Not just soul, by the way. Soul and super soul inside of it. Amazing, right? Amazing. How nice is that? So we should respect our body, because our body has all these living entities inside of it. By the way, these are independent of us. They're with us right now to serve in some ways, but they're independent. They're individual. They're, they're eternally individual. Did you know that? So we should respect our body, because the body, I mean, we say we're not the body, because I'm not you, right? Is it true that I'm not you? But does that mean I should mistreat you, disregard you, not care about you? No, that's not what it means that I'm not the body. I'm not the body doesn't mean you don't care about the body you care about the body because it's actually Krishna's gift to us. Right? Just like you may be a gift for me. You see what I'm saying? In the sense that because of you, I become encouraged. You do so many nice programs, I become encouraged hearing that you're doing nice programs. You sing such nice kirtan, I become encouraged by you singing nice kirtan. Right? So in a sense, it's a gift for me that you live on this planet. Similarly, every cell in our body is a gift. If we can respect them and love them and treat them as Krishna's devotees, we can become very advanced very quickly. And now we'll understand reality around us because everything has a cell. This microphone is made of so many cells, right? It's a fact. There are cells in this microphone, living cells in this microphone. Nothing is really dead, if you think about it. Everything has some form of life in it. It's just that it's so subdued that uh life is so subdued that we think it is dead. But it's not. If you really, really, really study under a strong microscope, what will you see in a substance? You will see that it is vibrating. Right? Any of you done science and heard about that? Everything has a state of vibration. The whole creation. You take anything. You take this kirtal and you put it on a nice a uh, 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 stable surface that's not vibrating, okay? It's a stable surface. This is not a stable surface. But this right now is a stable surface. And you look at it with a strong enough microscope, you'll see the it's vibrating. It's actually creating a sound also. But the sound is so subdued, we can't hear it. But if you put in the right type of machine, that can tell sound at very, very... High levels, you know, like how they catch the sound coming from outer space, they'll see the sound coming out of it while it's still sitting there on its own. And did you know that this sound and the sound this one is creating are hearing, and they're talking to one another, communicating? How do you like that? We don't know so many things in this world, you know. We're just so stupid. We're so dumb. We're so dense. We oh, I'm temple president. I'm smart. People follow me, they listen to me, they say everything you say is true. But there is nobody less significant than me. I am actually like the most insignificant. If you really think about how many people exist, how many souls create, live in existence, you know, and how, ins- you really realize how much insignificant we are, each and every one of us. You know, now we do give significance to others because they become devotees. So, yeah, we consider devotees to be very significant. But personally, we consider ourselves highly insignificant. because We really don't know much. We're learning all the time. Even as we are dying, we're learning. And the next life, we're learning again. And how many lives we've already lived? Trillions of lives, right? And still, we're still learning. We're slow, right? Pretty slow. (laughs) So, but yeah, thank you. So, you wanted to make a point after that point? No? Okay. Sorry I cut you off there, but you know. <laughs> yes, Prabhu. Um uh, so the uh, literary
1: incarnation
0: Krishna. You didn't say his name? Yeah. Nardmuni, yes. Nardmuni. Nardmuni was the in his previous life the He was a little boy, he was a little boy. yeah. Of a maid servant. I mean in this world they don't consider maid servants to be very important, you know. It's like in India especially, the maid servants just nobodies. So don't worry about them. They actually abuse them. You know, it's like crazy how they make them work hard, pay them little, you know, that type of thing. Of course, nice employers don't do that, but most of them are not so nice. <laughs> yes, probably. Yes. And the word uh, to the trans- uh translated Purusha is that the word? Purusha, yeah. purusha. Purusha means uh yeah. M- mean, Sorry? Yeah. Uh, an apo sorry. That word is apo-russia. Yeah, apo means not by an ordinary person. This person is can't make mistakes. That person. It's God Himself, of course. It's apo-russia. It means spoken by God Himself. And uh,
1: that's, that's, that's interesting because it's a commonly known thing that today is the
0: oldest. Scripture. Yeah, it, like, it is. It's the old description in the world, yes you're right. Exactly. That's right. The way it's presented, yeah, you're right. The Vedas is good. There's nothing wrong with the Vedas. The way it is presented creates confusion. That was the mistake, yeah, you're right. Yes, that's right. It is the essence. Mistake. And then essence this is the Wow. Okay, then I need this. Yeah. Exactly, man. Yeah. If people know that the light bulb will go on off, right, and they'll understand, then this is the book we should be chasing. I can't remember who it was, one of the acharyas said, you can burn all the books in creation. If you just leave the Bhagavatam, uh, love, everything's okay. There's no problem. You can just burn all the other books. I mean, you know, I mean, that's a heavy statement if you think about it. And especially all the authors who wrote those books, they'll feel pretty bad about it, right? <laughs> I worked so hard to write this book and you just say, burn it, you know. What I mean? <laughs> like, but that's the power of the Bhagavatam. Bhagavatam is described as our best friend, as the person who will give us all wealth. Any wealth you want, if you just have the bhagtam in your house, you will become wealthy. Did you know that? I didn't know that until somebody told me that. Then I thought, man, that's that's amazing. <laughs> that's why a lot of people have the bhagavatam in their house because they want to be happy. <laughs> they want to be wealthy. They want all great success. And the bhagavatam does that, by the way, because it's Krishna himself. You can imagine Krishna is standing here, right? That's why this is a nice temple. It's because the Lord is here. It's not just a, you know, some idol or something. The Lord is actually here. That's why when people come here, who even don't believe in God, the fastest way to make somebody believe in God is bring them here and have them stand here and look at Kalchanji. I had once when I first came to Dallas, nineteen ninety-three. This place was like a little bit of a ghost town. There's hardly any devotees around. You know what I mean? And so. uh, so when I came, uh, I was supposed to become the manager of the restaurant, but they already had a manager, so mm-hmm. Yudhishthira Prabhu, no, the temple president said, what else would you do? I said, I can preach. So he said, okay, you can work in the congregation office, so why don't you be? And there was nobody else in the congregation office. It was hardly any devotee, you know? so he made me the, like what Nityananda Chandra Prabhu is today. So I was sitting in the, con- and that was the library today. you know. And I'm again making my temple president's office now, the same library. So anyway, I'm back in my own office again. <laughs> so anyway, so I was in the office this black guy came running into the office, you know. And he said, he said, close the door, close the door. And I said, what happened? He said, my girlfriend's chasing me with a knife. She wants to kill me. And I'm thinking, Man, why am I in this mess? You know what I mean? <laughs> you know? So I said, okay, wait here, wait here, wait here. You know, I'll go out, you know. and And I said, what's the problem? And he said, well, he said, I was on the street and this devotee gave me a Bhagavad Gita to read and I read the Bhagavad Gita and I told her, Krishna is God. And she said, no, Jesus is God. And you know, you deserve to die. You know what I mean? And so they had a fight, and so she's chasing him, right, with a knife. So anyway, so the guy, so the guy said, okay, you sit here, don't worry, I'll see who's out there. So I came out there, and this girl comes and puts her hand in the back, right? I knew, okay, that's the knife, you know? And then she puts it in a purse. So I said, ma'am, can I help you? And he said, yes. Did a black guy come running down here? And this is a black girl, okay, he's talking to me. And I said, I, I I don't know. I, I, just, I just I just came in here, but maybe he's around. I can look for him if you want. He said, "Yeah, can you find him?" I said, "Yeah," and I said, "Okay, I'll go look for him." But where will you be when I come looking for you? He said, "Where do you want me to be?" I said, I, "I've got the right place for you." And so I brought her inside here, and I stood her here. You know what I mean? I just stood her here, and then I went out again. Okay, and I just went half an hour. I did nothing. I just went sat in the office. I spoke to this guy for half an hour. You know what I mean? The guy who thought that Krishna is God, he read the Bhagavad I told him, man, you're such a lucky person. I mean, I first read the Bhagavad Gita, I didn't think Krishna was God. I thought Lord Shiva was God. Yeah, I was telling him my story, and you know how I didn't understand that. And you understood that. You're so smart. You're such a nice boy. You know, this, that, and the other. And then I went to the prasad and I got some nice sweets for him and I gave it to him. And the guy was floored. You know, it was like, eat prasad. There's nothing more powerful than prashadhana, let me tell you that. okay? And so the guy put wow, what is this? And I said, no, it's a milk sweet. You know? He said, the guy loved it. So he was sitting there and he was like smooching with me. right? He forgot about the girl. He just completely forgot about the girl. Anyway, so after half an hour, I said, by the way, the girl is here. What? She's here? I said, don't worry about it. Just sit here. I'm, I'm coming back. Okay, I'll, we'll figure this out. Karthi is so smart. He'll figure it out. You know, we're not so smart, but he is. So I came here. When I came here, you know what I saw? She was standing from the Adidas like this. So I came and I stood next to her and I said, "Ma'am, are you okay?" She said, "Yeah, I'm okay." I said, "You know, but you know, your jaw dropped." Yeah. She said, "This must be God." I said, "Yeah, it is God." He said, "This is God?" I said, "Yeah, this is God." She immediately bowed down. You know, I, something just came in her, and she just bowed down. And I realized this is God, just Krishna playing a pastime down here. That's all that's happening—a pure pastime going on. So I said, uh, "Is everything okay? You came looking for some black guy. What's the problem?" He said, "Nothing. There's no problem." She said, "I just want to be with him." I said, "Good." So I said, "I found him, by the way." So I had him sitting someplace because, like I told you to sit here, I told him to sit somewhere else. So then I brought him here and he had a look and he was like completely fraud. He told me he never knew that God had a white girlfriend. <laughs> and there was a black guy. The guy was a black guy and he had a white girlfriend. <laughs> I thought to myself, "Man, I don't, I don't know what Carlton is playing with these guys. You don't know what, what kind of game he's playing with them. But whatever it is, it's good fun. You know what I mean?" And the both of them held hands and they left after that. You know, they were happy. They were together now, and Bhagavad Gita was fine. Krishna was God. They saw God. They're happy. They're okay. Right? I mean, you know, that's just because this temple is sitting here, right? You know, somebody went out with some books, gave somebody a Bhagavad Gita. I don't even know if the guy even paid for it. didn't look like someone who was going to pay for it. You know what I mean? He wasn't doing very well in his life. doesn't matter. Who cares? The fact that they touch the Bhagavad Gita is all that we need. If they see the Bhagavad Gita, I even tell people if they see the Bhagavad Gita, it's big. If they touch it, game over. <laughs> in some lifetime, they're going to become a nice devotee of Krishna. They touched Krishna, right? Bhagavad Gita is Krishna himself. Krishna says that. Chapter 13, text 23 to 26, he says, I come in two forms. Externally I come as, uh, I mean internally I come as Chaitanya Guru, as super soul, and externally I come as the instructions of the Bhagavad Gita. How powerful is that? Krishna himself. So yeah, thank you man. That was very good. Very good. Yeah, nice story. Pastime is happening all the time. We just have to hang around, you know. <laughs> we don't have to do it. I never went out anywhere. That thing came running at me, you know what I mean? I just had to sit in my office. By the way, I read in 1974, Prabhupada said, I just read this last week. He said, to be successful in life, you do not have to leave your home. How appropriate is that during COVID 19? <laughs> We locked down in our homes, right? And here is Prabhupada saying in 1974 that, and this is in Mayapur in the Dam, that if you to be successful in life, you do not have to leave your home. I mean, if that's not a prediction, what is? You know. And he also predicted. I think it was 1977, 76 or something. He predicted that one time in this in, in America and around the world there will be massive unemployment and millions of people will want to become Krishna conscious. Because they'll be looking for an alternative lifestyle. Because it's not working out there. They're not getting their pay now. They can't survive. Government sending uh, checks. Those checks are not enough. Prices of things are shooting up. This is the future. That's why these farms are very important. For us to start dealing with farms now is very important. We need to go back to the land very quickly. Otherwise we won't have the answer. They can't come here. What will we do with them here? We'll be overwhelmed ourselves. If you have a farm, they can grow some crops, they can do this, that and the other, and live a nice life, right? Prabhupada said so many things, man, that was so true. We just didn't catch it at that time, you know, as well. Anyway, thank you very much, Prabhus. Uh, you all gonna continue some kirtan or whatever you like to do? Please be happy. <laughs> प्रतीतनाम पावन विष्णु 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 नमोनुमा अन्यथा कोई विष्णुवाब्रिंद की भक्त